Hey everybody, welcome to the Evoke Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Hausler. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. These short 8 to 15 minute podcasts cover a wide range of topics to help you get faster. Whether you're looking to win a national championship, finish Leadville, crush Tulsa Tough, get on a Gravel Worlds podium, or simply drop your friends. If we've never met, I'm the co-founder and president of Evoke Bike. I've been coaching athletes since 2010, and I've trained with power for over 150,000 miles. I've also won three Masters National Championships, but I'm mostly proud of my nearly 100 Pro 1 podiums simply because it shows my consistency in the game and my hunger to get better for not only myself, but the Evoke community, which includes you. If you enjoy these podcasts, please leave us a review on Apple or follow and download the episodes from Spotify. And if you want to take your support to the next level, please click the support link at the bottom of this podcast where your donation will help us pay for everything that helps to keep this free podcast going. Now to the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? I heard a comment that really started to resonate with how I think about my training. And a guy was saying in terms of business, it's really easy to fall in love with what got you success and that's usually what's going to take you down. That's your demise because you focus on what brought you to the next level but things in life in the world are changing so rapidly. I mean look back at 10 years ago, a lot of things were very different. We just went and are still going through COVID. A lot of things are different and with training – a lot of things are different. Um, when I think back to my own training, you know, one thing that we sort of honed in on early on in my early years with my first co- second coach, Jason, was doing a lot of threshold work because we were doubling down on my strengths. You know, as I, I went from five to three in the first season and, th- and then three to one, and the way for me to be competitive was, hey, you are on a pretty good team you're in the break a lot. You're going to be riding with guys who just have so much more depth than you. You need to be able to ride up, around, and above threshold for long periods of time. And that that garnered me some wins and, and did well. But then it came to, to the point where I was going to harder races and getting blown out the back on, you know, five-minute climbs, eight minute efforts, just couldn't hang on. I was like, okay, well now we got to work on a little bit of VO2 max. You know, what got you to the cat one is not going to sustain any success there. And then had some success, you know, being able to now make harder breaks, being able to get away later in the race at bigger races. And then it was, well, the Achilles heel now is really these like one minute efforts, these two minute sharp punchy climbs. I just can't hang with that like Philippe Gilbert type rider and I'm going to get dropped and I'm thinking of like tour bat and kill. I'm thinking of some steep pitches in Tennessee. Uh, there were just some topographical races that I was not able to be successful with. So I was like, okay, now we're going to hit some anaerobic capacity stuff. And obviously you're doing, you know, it wasn't like, First four years was threshold, then it was two years of VO2 max. But it was like I was really focused on these things. I mean, when I first moved to Tennessee, uh, had a ton of race-specific VO2 max work, but also just event-specific Fort McClellan five-minute hill 
you got to be able to be really good at that specific climb if you want to stay with the lead group. And that's when I got the one of the best compliments I've ever gotten was Eric Marcotte mid-race was like, yo, big boy, getting over the hill today, huh? And I was like, yo, this dude is talking to me. What? And uh, so then, you know, so you're still obviously doing threshold stuff and you're you're doing a wide variety. I don't want to say I was just focused on it, but I was trying to pick out what were my weaknesses and what's going to help me be better in different types of races. And that's when I really started learning more about, okay, I'm doing these anaerobic capacity workouts. I started doing too many of them. And, you know, it really came to light in talking to Tom uh, this past, you know, a couple years of more anaerobic capacity is not always better because that's when you're becoming more glycolytic. And really in coaching myself for a period of time, I wasn't taking the, it's very hard, I think. And I had mentioned Raleigh Weaver. We were just talking about this in Ecuador. It's really hard to see the big picture on your own training. That's why I'm promoting have a training buddy. I don't want to come on this podcast and just promote coaching because I don't want this to I don't want this podcast to be a sales shtick. Um, I just still want this to be me sharing thoughts about cycling and how you can get faster. So have your training buddy, you know, be that 30,000 foot overview because I started just cranking these one minute efforts, getting my FRC as high as possible. But then my FTP started going down and actually WKO didn't really pick up on it that much. Um and I'm not saying that the program's wrong. It was more that I was having a harder time. I was producing definitely more hydrogen ions, creating more lactate. And when it was these, like, I don't know the best, like when you're in a break and it's starting to get a little dicey and maybe it's rolling terrain and a couple different, like someone's trying to get away, the group chasing them down, someone else is trying to get away. That like back and forth, little like dance of like, okay, when's my shot? When am I going to try and go? That's when I was just feeling like, whoa, I'm having a really hard time going hard. It's just I was making myself way too anaerobic and I needed to be more of an aerobic athlete at that point in time. But I say all of this in that it just from my own N of one uh, journey through cycling, what got me success was going to be what, you know, if I had only done threshold stuff, like, Hey, I got to cat one super fast. This is the way. No. Cause then it, it stops working. You got to figure something else out. Then you got to figure something else out. And you know, even now I'm doing way more lactate clearance work than I've ever done before, because I think the, we've kind of decided, Hey, you've got enough punch and overdrive but if you could ride at like 440, 450 for longer as opposed to 420, 410, uh, it's a big difference in a bike race. And it's been massively helpful. Um, I mean, even from before I started working with Tom, seeing like the big miles and helping my VO2 max through volume of riding a lot of endurance. I've been preaching endurance for I don't know how long. Forever, probably. That's what Jason Hillemeyer got me on. Long weekend rides. Those help part of the equation of VO2 max. And when I think of races like Tonga bridging up and eventually winning that road race against some heavy hitters, that was I was super proud of that. And it's just because threshold wasn't going to get me there. Riding at 100%, riding at 105%, that's not going to do it at that race. You know, the getting away, being able to stay away. I'm going to make a post on how... 
I think a lot of people can get away and the reason they don't stay away is because they don't ride hard enough and we'll talk about that that's gonna be a podcast in its own but you know it's funny I get a comment or I'll get an email it's like hey man okay you convinced me to try to do something else I'm not here to convince anybody of anything you do you you do the training that is is good for you but I will tell you this the reason why I post all this stuff is I've coached a lot of athletes I've seen the myriad of a lot of different types of athletes. You know, when I went full ham, I left the medical device world and started Evoke Bike. I can't tell you the number of athletes I talked to because I was in every online forum answering and talking and fielding questions for eight to 10 hours a day. Like it was full on just immerse myself in what are people talking about in terms of training. And in doing so, it was a lot of back and forth and a lot of conversations. That's sort of why I've been more vocal about variety and not getting stuck in the trap of doing the same thing and avoiding some of these templates that people are selling that's going to have you do the same workouts over and over again or that have them where it's just you feeling like you're working out so that you can give yourself a pat on the back that you did this hard workout, but it didn't actually physiologically change that much and didn't make you faster. And here's the thing. I mean, some people, there's, you know, the sunk cost. And if you paid $49.99, you want to believe that that $49.99 is going to make you faster. And when you start to realize that there might be another way to do it that's better, you're like, well, I already paid the $49. bucks. i better stick to this. And that's when I always get a good chuckle when someone's like, hey, man, all right, I got to admit it. You convinced me to try something else and it's definitely working better, this variety thing or not just training it X percent over and over and, and you know, maybe focusing too much on progression of the same thing. I think that's a, another pitfall that people fall into. It's like, well, I'm progressing in this. It's like, well, is it, is it helping you for the events that you're doing? So the whole point of this podcast is that it's really easy to fall in love with what got you your first success. That's why I was, you know, I'm not anti-sweet spot. I just think there's a lot of better ways to do things. And I always, every podcast that I post where I mention this, somebody hits me up, whether it's on Instagram or in an email, is like, yo, man, but I did this sweet spot plan and I got faster. My FTP went up 20, 20 points. And I'm like, Okay, how long have you been training? What else have you been doing? And we talk through it. And I'm like, why don't you try this? And they usually stick to the to the sweet spot stuff. And then when it doesn't work anymore, they're like, okay, wait, what were you talking about again? Why should I change it up? And I'm not, and yeah, I don't, you do you. But what got you there is only because you're new and anything will get you there because you're new. But don't just fall in love with that with what happened with what got you there because you need to keep looking at what's changing about you as a cyclist what's changing about the racers around you because hopefully you're progressing up through different categories you might start doing gravel you might start doing different types of events your events are going to get longer you might start traveling never be the big fish in the little pond start getting out of that pond and go to some other places and i mean that was the biggest moment when I went to tour cat skills as a cat three and I was thinking man I'm like racing the one twos at home I'm gonna crush this race this is gonna be awesome and I think I got ninth in one day and it was a really hard ninth and 
we weren't we didn't even one through five they were up the road and it was like oh okay yeah there's a lot of good people in philly there's a lot of good people in new york city there's a lot of good people in these really big places i need to go get my toes wet and start getting beat up on a little bit because clearly the pond at home is just a little bit too small and so keep reaching keep going for the next thing you know don't rest on your on your laurels there so yeah you know some of these like foofy ones i think they're really important i think it's like ah you know just tell me about watts this is kind of still about watts it's just how are you honing in on what watts you need to work with and this podcast is actually sparking other thoughts for like 50 more so Good luck with your training. I'm going to my first race tomorrow. Should be very hard. Um, best buddy's going to be there. Bunch of Florida people. I think there's like 25 uh, one-twos. So pretty pretty stout showing for January. And I don't know if the threes are going to be with us also. It'd be a pretty big race. But 70-mile road race. Looking forward to it. Hope you have a great weekend. And we will talk to you soon. Gonna have hopefully get some special guests next week because we're having a little evoke camp down here in Florida. So hopefully you hear from Craig, Josh, and Patrick. See ya.